our hands and worship him right now just welcome him here today amen from the fruits of your lips give praise to him may it be sweet to him today and in his presence just be the fullness of joy today father we love you today we thank you for your goodness oh god what grace what mercy has been showed to us lord and in this evening time lord to be a part of your divine plan and to know what you're doing in this hour to be the called according to your purpose to knowing lord that you have equipped us and empowered us you have set us free to worship you lord and to give you praise and you're appearing among us in your in the fullness of your power to lift the bride out of this world and its sin lift us up first into heavenly places and then lord translate us in that moment twinkling of an eye lord we're looking to you today we're expecting you today we're asking lord that you'll just come day today in the fullness of your power lord may we just be so electrified by your presence so quickened by the holy ghost may there not be a feeble woman among us lord no one feeble in faith no one feeble lord and not have peace and joy and love in the holy ghost not one lord that is sick among us because the healer passed by lord oh god may oh god today be a healing of doubts and fears and unbelief lord in a lifting up and a quickening of faith in the hearts of your children heal us oh god and we will be healed save us and we'll be saved for thou art our praise oh god minister to hearts and lives to each person lord that is here i pray that you'll minister to them in a very very special way in jesus name amen and amen god bless you Man, before you have your seats, we're going to look at the Word of God. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis 18, I'm going to read down through uh, the 8th verse. And then we will have just a couple of announcements and go forward today. Um, Genesis, Genesis uh, 18 and verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door of, in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in thy sight, 
pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye uh, your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal needed and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a, can, a calf tender and good and gave it unto the young man and he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. Amen. God bless you. We're going to let you have your seats. Amen. We want to welcome today the um, Jackson Burns family, Jackson and Laura and, and their children that are here. Um, Zoe and Silas, will y'all all stand? The Burns family, just all stand and, and just uh, so everybody know who they are. All right, there, there they are from the east to the west. We're all together. Amen. So we're really happy to have you come and sojourn with us in this part of life's journey. Thank you. Amen. They have just recently moved here, and I know they're going to be sorely missed back home. And uh, they loved it there, but they feel the Lord has led them. Uh, to come and to be a part with us, and so we want them just to feel welcome, to feel a part. Amen. I want to show you a little um, picture today, a little thing that Sister Rebecca Paris uh, gifted me the other day with, and we're going to be hanging it in the foyer for you to see, and as you can see, it's a, it's a great oak tree. And this is what I've been telling you, Evening Light Tabernacle, this is what we are. We are an oak tree. One time we were just a little seedling, a little acorn, you know, and sometimes when God gives a promise to you, that's what he does. He just gives you an acorn. You ask for an oak tree, he gives you an acorn, and it's under your care, and you water it and, and believe for it, and, and, and it grows into a mighty tree. Well, under a tree like this, you know, the birds come and enjoy the branches, and people come and sit under it and enjoy the shade from the heat of the day, and and this is what we want to be at Evening Light Tabernacle. Today, there are people joining in with us from all over the world and will be a part with us in this service today. And in the service today, we, we have visitors among us from Texas and Oklahoma and North Carolina and, and um, Arizona. So we got, you know, just a little smattering of gathering from here and there, but they've all come to rest under our tree today. And we want you to feel welcome and be, feel that you're a part with us. And this is what we aspire to be here at Evening Light Tabernacle is, is an oak tree. And uh, someone that, that the weary, the, the sick, the needy, the lost can come and find refuge. Amen. So thank you, Sister Rebecca, for this. It's a, it's a great treasure to me. Thank you very much. God bless you. Amen. Isn't God good to us? He gives us so many blessings. And um, today we're going to be looking into the scripture. If you notice, I didn't read about El Shaddai this morning. I, uh, I've taken now into the next chapter because there is so much in here that is prophecy 
of the last day. And so we're going to be looking into certain aspects of the scripture and the promises that abound for this end time part of our journey. And of course, the, the church is, has been traveling. The Old Testament church was starting Genesis and they were types and shadows and were pointing toward our day. And then it would come into the New Covenant and the New Testament. And so since the uh, Ephesian age, the church has traveled and now has grown. And I believe that we today, as a, as a body of Christ around the world, we should be a mighty oak tree. Starting on the day of Pentecost from, a, from an acorn that was planted and now its branches should be reaching up, amen, as the tree of life. We look around and we see the tree of knowledge and good, of, uh, good and evil has reached its height. Well, the bride tree ought to also be reaching its height in this day and hour. Now, of course, um, as we read about Abraham, we're going to be speaking about the visitation. And that's what the part we're going to be looking at this morning because, as you know, uh, there had been visitations before uh, to Abraham. One was El Shaddai that we spoke about. The others were uh, other appearings that he had made. But here Abraham is um, representing his seed, and he's representing the seed of Abraham today. Remember, when we look at the Bible, we're not looking at it, at it as just a historical book. We're looking at it as a prophecy. And we begin to realize that we are the interpretation of that prophecy. Amen. One time it was tongues. Now it is interpretation. You say, why tongues? It was symbolic. It was written in mysteries. It was a hidden truth. But in this day and hour is no longer a mystery or hidden truth, but now it has been revealed, been made known to us. So you see, um, when, when we see Abraham representing his seed, I don't want you to think of it as one man, but seed meaning the seed of Christ, the, the multi-membered body. You say, well, I see one man there whose name was uh, had with seven letters and ended in H-A-M and, you know, like Abraham. But, and yes, but this represents the, all of the elect. You see, Abraham's seed to whom has been made heir of all things. And if it was just to Brother Branham, H-A-M, so then, then we might as well just close our Bible and go home because it all got fulfilled in him. But it doesn't. It's about a bride. And it's about a visitation to the seed of Abraham in this last day. And Brother Branham only just happened to be one of the members of that seed of Abraham or that body of Christ. So you see, but this is the apex if you're reading in Genesis, this would be the apex of all the visitations of God, the summit, the capstone, the highest point of all the appearings. And it concludes with the coming of the promised son. So now this is the day that we're living in. We are not living in a partial revealing or a partial appearing, or uh, 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 just a, a, a little portion given, but now we are at the apex of the summit. We have reached the 
the capstone, the highest point of all the appearings of God. And it concludes with the coming back of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the body and head of all things. So this, with even to Abraham, would be the last appearing of God to Abraham until the ultimate test when when Isaac was a young man and he would type out Calvary. But that's a whole set of different types. As I've said about types, you've got to know where to begin them and where to end them. So let's just talk about this for a minute. When we, we realize that the types now will end, and this part of the types will end with this summit, this climax of this appearing and the coming sun. All right? Now, again, you know, that it, it will then, again, we'll have another type a little later of Calvary. And where that Isaac, the promised son, is taken up to up on top of the hill of Moriah, and there he is uh, to be offered, and a lamb is put in his place. But you see, that's a different type. Now, if you if you if you run those types together, let me explain about this for a minute. If you ex- if you run those types together, then you will have after the coming son. After the change of the body, after the rapture, the hardest test ever, which would be the offering of the son, right? So it has to end here with this climax, and the other is a separate type, amen? So Abraham does type the bride, but after the rapture, we're not going to have a hardest test, amen? We're going to enjoy a millennial, amen? We're going to enjoy a new heavens and a new earth. Testing is over when our bodies are changed. So you got to run types in continuity and know when they begin and where they end. All right? So now this was the greatest of all appearance, and he had appeared already as El Shaddai, the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. But now this pouring out of the Holy Ghost, it crescendos into God manifest in human flesh. Amen. And this would be the capping off of all of the visitations of Elohim. God had led him from the era of the Chaldeans, appearing in the land of his fathers. And, and this would cause Abram, the idol worshiper, to start seeking a city whose builder and maker was God. But you see, in all of the visitations from the age of 75, whether it was by voice or by dream or by visions of Elohim, this now was the greatest for now God was manifest in the flesh. Here God comes walking in a fleshly body. And so this manifestation was more real, more physical For here it was like the fullness of all the manifestations of the divine presence when the word was made flesh in Jesus Christ. Now, and so let me say that the appearing of God in this last day is once again a culmination of all the appearings of God. We can look back and see mighty revivals and mighty appearings. And he appears to Luther and he appeared to Wesley, and he appeared on Azusa Street. But this is now the highest point, the culmination, amen, the summit of all the appearings. And you are part of that appearing in this last day where God is appearing to you. Amen. And it's not a mere baptism. 
baptism of the Holy Ghost, but rather a capping off of the pouring out of the entire deity of God into his bride body. Hallelujah. Now, this was happening in Abraham's group. Amen. Think of it. Brother Timothy preached it Wednesday night. There is a man here, a man present who can turn on the light. No matter how dark it is, no matter how many troubles there is, he's not just coming, he's here. There's a man present here that can flip the switch anytime. Amen. I'll tell you what, if you are sick this morning, you should be looking for him to flip the switch for you. Amen. If you're lost this morning, there's a man here who can turn on the light for you. Amen. That can lift you up in the heavenly places. Now, so there's a man here. Notice King Theophany was appearing. Think of it. King Theophany, a visible manifestation of God to humankind. In these last days, he's actually showed himself visible. He's even allowed his picture to be taken of that supernatural being where you can even, where you can even see it there. It didn't, wasn't psychology. Light struck the lens. Amen. There was actually a light. Hundreds saw the angel of God. In 1946, right over here in Camden, Arkansas, just north of here, here, uh, you know, there was, there was a Brother Adams that had Brother Branham to preach for him in the early days of his ministry at Camden. And he began to try to tell the crowd about the pillar of fire and the angel that had appeared and how it was a light and, and how that there was a signed gift in his hand. And, and of course, you know, they were just filled with unbelief. They had never seen nothing like this, never heard of a man who had an angel appear. And frankly, they were very skeptical. But about that time from the back, here it come, the pillar of fire right down the aisle. And as it did, there was a crippled man in the aisle in a wheelchair. And out of that chair, he came as it passed over him. And it come right up and Reverend Adams looked up and screamed out, I see it, I see it. And it blinded him and down into the seat he went, knocking him down. Oh, no, we don't believe in falling out today in the spirit, but it happened with Reverend Adams when he saw the pillar of fire. It wasn't the devil either. It was a pillar of fire. Amen. Now, this was witnessed by hundreds. It was hundreds actually saw the angel of God, a manifestation of the supernatural. And what does this show us? King Theophany is here among us. Amen. About to bring all the Theophanies from glory, and they're going to step back into flesh. I hope you didn't miss that. Amen. I hope you understood what I said. King Theophany is here. Amen. And he, he's come from, from, and he's going to bring with him the other Theophanies. And they will step right back in the flesh. Like Sister Karen and Brother Jerome and the other saints, Brother Jerry Shaw, they're not dead. They just stepped into their theophanies. And they're about to step back in the flesh. Amen. Because of the appearing of King Theophany, appearing in the last days. Hallelujah. The, vis- the visitation of the pillar of fire. 
Now, in this appearing to Abraham, three theophanies stepped into bodies, gathered then from the elements of the earth, the, the different the different parts, Brother Brandon would call it 16 elements, cosmic lights and potash and calcium and whatever. He, he grabbed it together and it came and appeared to Abraham. I want you just to understand this supernatural God is a God able to gather the potash, the clay, the cosmic lights, what once made up bodies of the saints and gather them back and theophany step in it. That's going to happen in this appearing. Are you with me? Now God's showing us in types and shadows here that theophanies are about to enter into view. And when we see them, we're going to be changed and receive Christ the promised son and be translated to meet him in the air. Now, Brother Branham visualized it like this. He said, I, the only thing God did, he said, you tell me that down in Sodom in Gomorrah is getting very sinful and it's about time to show an example of what we're going to do in the world in the end time. So here he comes and appears to Abraham and, and, and as, he, as he's coming, he says, you know, I, I, the sin of Sodom has reached to heaven. You think it's just reaching your ears? Do you think it's just grieving you? No, it's grieving the heart of Almighty God. Amen. And it's causing him to come down. Brother Branham called it an investigating judgment. Where God himself is investigating what is going on in America. Down in South Africa, over in Asia, and around the world where Sodom is not a country or a city, but Sodom is a world condition. I know, I know, you know, America's gonna burn, Brother Tim, it's Sodom. The world's gonna burn. It's Sodom. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's Sodom out there. It's Sodom in your schools. It's Sodom in your neighborhood. It's Sodom in the world around you. It's Sodom on your jobs. It's Sodom everywhere. And God said, I've taken notice of it. He did it in the days of Noah before the destruction. He's doing it now in this day. Amen. And he's about to show an example. That's what he was doing back there, about to show an example of what he was going to do at the end time. A burner with fire and brimstone. And so he, he calls over, and Brother Branham's used examples, and he, now, these aren't true these aren't hard and, and true facts right here of Michael and Gabriel because other times he'll use wormwood or one of the other angels. So it's, it's not, these are not hard rules here. These are examples. He's, he's typing it out. He said, come here, Gabriel, and come here, Michael. And he says, step into that body. He just blows in. Step into that body. And he pulls cosmic light and everything together. Now, step into that body. And then he made one for himself. And when he was here, he hungered like a man, and he ate like a man, and he vanished in the air in the presence of Abraham, and then went back to God again. Mm. Now, Brother Branham said God is like a great contractor. 
He laid our bodies out here on the earth. Every element needed to make our body, he laid it out when he created the world. I want just to say this to you. Your body was God's first. And it was never intended for Satan to dwell in. Amen. That's why we got a right when sickness comes to say, get out of here, Satan. Leave my body. Hallelujah. Because my body was there made by Almighty God, created, and all of the elements was put right here on the earth to be gathered together for my time on the earth. And get it ready for a theophany to come to since I bypass mine. Now, so he says, he says, now what am I made of? Petroleum and potash and calcium. My body was laying on the earth before there was anything that at all ever on the earth. And when the Holy Spirit went forth before God to brood over the earth, uh, like, like a, a brood means to coo like a dove or a hen mother. And there was nothing but volcanic eruptions. Then God moved this old star around the sun and began making potash and calcium. He's like a great contractor laying out his lumber to build his house. And our bodies were on the earth right then. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to show you in a minute. Your body will never be annihilated either. Amen. Your body will be something that you will dwell in in eternities ahead. The only thing, it won't be mortal. It'll be immortal. Glorified. Hallelujah. He said, you're going to call me a holy roller anyhow. You might as well get started right now. I wonder what time, when the last time you got called a holy roller. It's about time you get excited about the word like Brother Branham did. Have the right response to the promise of God. Amen. He said, that'll make a holy roller out of you. Well, I'll tell you, that'll make a holy roller out of you. What about the lamb taking the book and opening the seals? Hallelujah. What about showing you your name was on the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, before the foundation of the world? That I make a holy roller out of you. When he sent the Holy Spirit forth, said, brood over the earth, he began to coo. And the first thing, a little potash and a little calcium run together and a little Easter lily stuck of his head. And he said, that's beautiful. And he just kept cooing. And out of the ground come birds and out of there come trees and the animals and so forth. And then came up man in the image of God. Yes, then man sinned. And it brought along this sexual affair that we have now. But God's still using his material. And he will raise it up again at the last day. He don't give up on us, does he? Amen. God cannot be defeated. Oh, I love that. 
Amen. Here the enemy comes with his attack against you. Wars on your mind. Wars against your body. Wars of unbelief. But God cannot be defeated. This same Holy Ghost that cooed over the earth and brought up Amen. Easter lilies and flowers and trees and animals and human. That same Holy Ghost has been brooding over your part of humanity, that part of cosmic light, that part of dust. Hallelujah. That's why you're here this morning. Because why? He's cooing over you. Amen. He's pulling you to his image. I called you before the foundation of the world. So he coos over you. He coos over you and he says, I am the Lord that forgiveth all of thine iniquities. I am the one that comes to live in you. Amen. Me, Lord, me, this old wretched sinful, uh, while these hands used to do they used to smoke, bring tobacco up to my mouth. This, this mind used to do this. This is the way I used to live. This all piece of humanity, this dust of the earth, God didn't give up on you. Hallelujah. When he saved your soul, that was a deposit for the redemption of your body. Hallelujah. And he's going to make your body obey the word of God. Your body that used to serve sin. Your body that used to follow the works of the devil. Your body. Hallelujah. He's transforming it by transforming power. Hallelujah. You say, I ain't what I ought to be. He's, he's still working on you. He's still cooing. He's still calling. Hallelujah. He's cooing to you this morning. I'll forgive you of all your iniquities. I'll heal you of all your diseases. I'm the one that wants to come and live in you. Me, Lord, and your dust answers. Me, why me, Lord? Forget the why, I just accept it. Amen. People want to question, why me? Why me? Because he chose you. You can't explain why you didn't do nothing. You didn't do a thing to deserve it. Hallelujah. But he had you in his mind before the world ever began. And he can never, ever unchoose you. That'll make a holy roller out of you. Hallelujah. I called you before the foundation world. I want to come to you and raise you up at the last day and give you eternal life. Yeah, Lord, come on. And the Holy Ghost comes in and says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed. How long? Until when? The day my body's changed. Oh, you say, Brother Tim, I live in this old wretched body and it's got a mind and this mind has evil thoughts and, and I tell you, there, there's problems and, and I, I got passions and things in this, life, in this body. 
salvation is down on the inside of the inside and it makes your body obey the word of God. And of course, when you would do, when you would do right, evil is present. You got the flesh for him to anoint. It's not redeemed, but you got a soul that's redeemed and greater is he that is in me than those thoughts that are bothering me. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I'm an overcomer. That means I wrestle with and fight it out. Amen. You see, we still have temptations. We still have our trials. Jesus would get so close, he would smell the, the old foul breath of the, that old serpent called the devil Lucifer. Amen. He would get so weak after it that angels would come and strengthen him. What will the devil do to you when he comes? You need strengthening. Amen. Angels appear. That's what appearings are for, to give strength. That's why we want another appearing in this church this morning. Amen. The Holy Ghost comes, so then, and he seals us to the day of redemption. So what are you scared about? What is there to fear? The devil may knock. Come on but he can't get in. Amen, he's sealed out. Hallelujah. Fort Seal, God's like a big contractor. He lays out his material on the earth and begins building his material. Remember, there's a grain of seed. Before there was a grain of seed on the earth, before there was a sun ever struck the earth, your body was laying on the earth because you are dust of the earth. You are, and God is the contractor. Now, the way he was going to do it was reach down. Now, here's how he's going to bring man from. You said, well, Billy Tim, if he didn't bring us through the womb of a woman and through such desire, then how he's going to do it? The way he was going to do it was reach down and get like he did Adam a little bunch of calcium and potash and cosmic light and blow into it. There's my other son. And he would bring up some more and amen, there's another one. But what did Eve do? She corrupted that way and she brought it through a sexual act. And then death struck it. Now, what is God doing? He's got so many of those seeds down through there that's predestinated, so much that is pre, uh, the predestinated, and then at the end time, and here we are, are we in time? He won't say, Eve, come bear another child. He will, and call, and I'll answer. That's the idea. And when the last one comes in, that settles it. Hallelujah. Do you remember when he got a hold of your dust? Collected your dust and breathed the breath of life into you, the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. And your soul became alive. But that's what he's doing. He's gathering dust. 
We got dust here from Louisiana and Mississippi and Oklahoma and Texas and Arizona and Idaho and Iowa and here and there and whatever. I don't know where all you're from. Just a little pile of dust that God so loved that he'll never give up on you. Hallelujah, that he'll never stop loving you. Hallelujah, amen. Now, now, Brother Brandon said, if that's the kind of God we're serving, if that's the omnipotence, remember I preached on omnipotence, where we're serving, then we got, what have we got to worry about? Sickness, death, or sorrow, or corruption, or whatever more. One of these days, all of these old atoms that's holding these bodies together is going to break away, and we're going back to dust, and the light's going back, and all the other parts of the earth is going back to its place. But at the resurrection, he will, and you'll step into it. Hallelujah. This is what he did at this appearing to Abraham. That's what he's going to do, amen, in this appearing in this last day. I didn't show you where he collected your dust spiritually and breathed life into it. Then how much more will he also complete the work of redemption? And call the elements of your bodies back together again, no matter how decayed it is. Let me tell you, friends, you can't lose. You cannot lose. This God has made it where he will not be defeated, and you can't lose. Amen. The winds of the Holy Spirit that you feel today blowing through this church, it will blow in such a way, in such a way that dust from the earth will rise and form bodies, not old wrinkled ones, (laughs) Not, not ones with rotten hands. Come on, not decayed bodies, but uh, that earth will rise and form bodies and theophanies will step into them and we will embrace and you talk about an appearing, they will appear to us and then that same baptism of the Holy Spirit will blow over our mortal bodies and our dust will be glorified in a moment in a twinkling of an eye so glorified, so immortal, they'll pass right through walls, amen, transcends dimension, and travel like a thought, and meet him in the air. I say hallelujah. Why, Brother Branham told us this, he said, you see these little pockets going through the air, they call saucers, they're little lights, he said, well, we better leave that alone. But you hear all these people coming up missing. You say, don't hear from them. They're standing there and they're not there. Well, that's the way the rapture is going to be. Now, you know, some of what they've come up with may not be true, but this is true. This part is true. That's the way the rapture is going to be. One of them will drop right down and this terrestrial body will take on a celestial body. 
and there'll be hide hair or bones left. It'll be transformed in a moment of time, dropping right out of space and taking home that. We see all of this going on, the Pentagon wondering about these lights and mystic lights and everything they're seeing in the sky. You see they had one in the paper at Jeffersonville this week and so on, a mystic light. And so, oh, they don't know what that is. But listen, little children, it's gonna pick you up one of these days. Hallelujah, there is a light, a theophanic light, a theophanic appearance that's gonna come to your mortal body and quicken it. You see, you see why we're in the climax? You see why this is the summit? You see this is at the end of the ages? This is the last visitation of God? What happened before Sodom? God came down with some angels and had an investigating judgment said, I heard the cry, it's so sinful, it's so great. I come to find out whether it's altogether true or not. Right. Amen. You know, you don't have to watch the news. God already seen it. That's when you can't do nothing about it anyway. So why are you all worried about what's going on in the world? Amen. God's seen it and he's come down. Amen. What's but that main one stayed with Abraham. Did you hear that? The main one stayed. Yeah. Amen. The main one stayed with Abraham, could discern the thoughts that was in Sarah's heart behind him. And you look around a little bit and notice what's, what's going on. It's the same thing. It's an investigating judgment. Why, after the world, after a while, the church, when it can stay in that place and every predestinated seed is brought to its spot, they'll be gone. And they won't know what happened to them. One of them will be going this way and another will be going to the pastor's house and one will be going on down here or down there and the first thing you know, they're not there for Enoch was a type. God took him and he was not found. Come down to investigate. Now, what is he looking for when he's looking for you? What is he looking for? Jesus told us what he would be looking for. When the son of man cometh, will I find Faith. This is what he's going to be looking for. Amen. That's what these appearances now are for, to turn your heart back to believing again. Now, the continuity, how the, the Enoch translation, a type of Israel being carried over the ark, that's Noah. And, of course, Lot, the, which represents the, the saved church, not the bride. But notice, all of these are in the types. They're all prophesied to be in the last day. Amen. You know, somebody asked me the other day, are the foolish virgins among the bride in the message churches, are, foolish, are there foolish virgins? I said, well, if they are, they're very foolish. It would be foolish to turn down the moving of the Holy Ghost the opportunity to be baptized with the Spirit, to be ignited with His fire. It would be foolish to turn down the revelation of God in this hour. But sometimes I wonder, there's a part of me that just ponders, maybe you know too much to be a foolish virgin. 
I'll leave that with you. I tell you what, I wouldn't try to make it in by the skin of my teeth. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, you know, you're going to preach. You're going to preach, and it's going to produce the bride, and, and, and there'll be the church. Well, I'll tell you what. With all that's within me, ever since I've been a young boy, I preached. I preached for a bride calling, not just be a church. The last thing I want for you, other than being lost forever, is to be a tribulation saint. Amen. I don't want you to have to go through that time, and I sure don't you wait standing at the white throne judgment. Amen. I, I don't want to review that you, you sat in services like this and you heard the word of God preached and the spirit of God moved and you watch it all back and you sat like a bump on the log. You didn't make any response. You continued being foolish. You see... Brother Branham talked about this, and, and let me just read some more. He says, he's God. You fail to see who he is. He's the unchanging God. I'm glad I got faith in him tonight that someday when my life, when my body with its 16 elements will be back in the dusty earth. Now that's true. And he will say, but he will say, William Branham, and I'll come forth. He'll breathe the breath of life into it and say, there you are. He will bypass the birth through my mother and so forth. Like Jesus on his first miracle, he turned the water into wine. Eventually, it would have been wine. That water would have been wine. It would have come up through the grapevine and come up through, through it and through the blossoms and made fruit and, and would have wound up in the grapes and would have been squeezed out and fermented and made wine. Amen. But you see, he bypassed the whole process. He shows he's a God that can bypass the whole process. Hallelujah. And in one instant, water turned to wine. Take this water and bear it to the governor of the feast. And when he tasted it, it was no more water, it was wine. One instant. At the resurrection, hallelujah, he's going to bypass the womb, the nine months of pregnancy, the baby, and the toddler, and the adolescent stage. He won't say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Pruitt, get married again and bring forth Tim. He will speak, and I'll come forth. He'll speak, and you'll come forth. Amen. He's God. As he said in marriage and divorce, hallelujah, there will come a time where it won't be no more sex, but God will call his children from the dust of the earth back like they were in the original, not through any woman, but through the molding of the clay and the cosmic lights and the petroleum. He'll create again like he did Adam at the first time. That's what happens in this appearing. This is what he will do. He will appear Look, who is the bride anyway? She's Christ. She's Christ in what form? Bride form. Is that right? He's going to appear in theophanic form. 
You see, he's got a physical body. We're going to meet that in the air, but he's going to appear in our day in his bride in theophanic form, and he will pick up dust from the earth and step into it. And those who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will be standing there with their dust. Their dust that just had an evil thought, that just heard bad news, that just heard a doctor's report. Come on, somebody. Amen. People must dust, and the Holy Spirit will sweep over them, and in a moment, He will bypass your mother and your father and he will make you all over anew, glorifying your body. A theophany will step in and glorify your body. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Now see, our bodies are not annihilated. This is the whole thing on Future Home. Brother Branham taught us that the, 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 the earth will not be annihilated. So, well, if heavens and earth will pass away, he said, it's changed from one form to another. It's not an annihilation, meaning disintegrates into nothingness. It can never be nothing again. God has used this earth to type it as his wife, the sun as himself, the earth as his wife, who, who his life is reproduced on. Is that right? Amen. And he made this earth for a purpose. And he came and said, he, well, he already has baptized it with water. He has shed his blood upon it. And he is about to baptize it with fire and come and live on it. So Brother Branham would tell us, you know, he is not going to annihilate the earth. And let me say, your bodies will not be annihilated. And this, it will be a resurrection, not a replacement. Oh, Brother Tim, it won't be a bunch of men going down with spades and opening up the grave. No, it won't. It'll be theophanies coming and gathering up what they left behind and transforming it in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. The same body that went down that went down into the grave will come up. All you have to do is listen to the prophet. You'll get rid of some of all these dumb ideas that God ain't interested in your body and we, you know, he, it was something we sinned. And the whole earth was something we, that was sinned then. Amen. But he told us that it's not, it is not a, a replacement. You know, if I go over here and I take this Bible and I put it down and I pick up this box of Kleenex. You see, that's not a resurrection. That's a replacement. Well, you got this new body, Brother Tim. You got this new body, and it's one that, listen, the one he glorifies will be one that never sinned in. But resurrection is not a replacement. It is the picking up of the same body that went down. Because God will not annihilate your body. That's why God is concerned about your flesh. That's why he provided healing for your body. And he's interested in you and your need this morning and has already provided the antidote for sin and the antidote for sickness so that by his stripes you can be healed. I say hallelujah. That's the kind of God 
that I serve. Your body's not annihilated. It's not done away with. Your body instead is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why we got a right to say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. God's property. Why is it God's property? You say, it's still mortal, Brother Tim. It ain't converted yet, Brother Tim. It's God's property. He has already put a down payment on it. By the redemption of your soul. And he's going to redeem your body. Jehovah Jireh, Brother Branham says it this way. He says, amen, glory, not one hair of your head will perish. Hallelujah, that's exactly right. It was not, yet it is. And yet it is not, then it is. Exactly, petroleum, cosmic lights, calcium, potash. Now he's referring back to those angels. They were not, then they were. Amen, they were not. There were no bodies there. They were, all of a sudden, here they are, they appear. They appear, and as they appear, you know, they come for a visitation, and while they're visiting, they, they give revelation and understanding and, and knowledge and the promise. Yeah. And then in a moment, disappear. And the petroleum, calcium, potash, cosmic lights all go right back to the elements again. And he says, he says, when I am nothing, nothing you can see, just ashes, he will speak hallelujah, throw in that potash and petroleum together, and I'll live again in his presence. Hallelujah, that he gives us eternal life, and all the Father has given me, there's nothing that's lost, and I'll raise it up at the last days. I believe it as a seed of Abraham. I'm looking for that day. I'm searching for a city whose builder and maker is God. Certainly, no matter how this wrinkles up, and no matter what happens, God will raise it up again in the splendor of youth again. At the last day, he promised he would do it, and I'm looking for that city. Amen. He said, I feel so religious right now knowing that blessed hope waiting for me there. I'm looking for that city. My heart is beating toward it. Oh, not one way would I turn but look straight toward that place. God help me to stay right there true and faithful, throwing out a lifeline everywhere, bringing every weary pilgrim I can to go along. Yes, I had a vision of it not long ago, and I've seen it, seen my loved ones there, back young again. Aren't you glad he did? He said, it's there, friends. He said, it's there. I know it's there. You probably read it in the Christian Businessmen's Voice and many magazines and things packed it. Friends, that wasn't a vision. I've seen visions. I, I know. I ought to know what they have, but by tens of thousands that he's given me, but this wasn't a vision. I was there. Standing right there looking back. (laughs) Amen. And I know it's there. It's there, friends. It's there. I know it's there. Yes, sir, just as sure as I'm standing here, so help me. If I got my right mind and standing here in this pulpit, it's there. Aren't you glad that we've had a Joshua, as it were? 
and a Caleb who went over there and brought back fruit? Said, I've been to the land and it's real. The people are real. I can I felt them, I hugged them. I looked at 90 years old and they were young people. Amen, there was no feelings of sexual attraction. It was all gone. I hugged women, there was no feeling. It was real. What was it? He had went there and came back and brought back the report anew and afresh in our day that we are in the awakening that we are in the appearing. So he would translate him there just to let us know we're in the hour of translation. Woo! Glory! Amen! Amen. That ought to make you a holy roller this morning. We're that close to it. He said, now, remember, He made our bodies, and they have to obey him also. I called you a lump of Texas and Louisiana dust. That's what you are, mud. You raised up, I was raised out of the ground there, and that's where you're going back. Well, instead of God gathering it, your mother by eating this and that, and ain't no telling where you're from. Fruits from California. Sweet potatoes from Mexico and ain't no telling where you're from. As far as physically, what makes you up? Amen. You was raised off the ground out there. You got little 16 elements. Your mother gathered the dust and it was gathered around the little seed that was in there. It was more than just a seed. It had a predestinated eternal germ in it. Amen. That's why when you came to the message, hallelujah, where others never heard their name called, you heard your name called. Hallelujah. I've been down in the airport before. Oh, so-and-so meet so-and-so at such-and-such. You know this and that. You know, uh, oh, John Doe, you know, you're to meet your party in the lounge and this and that. All these announcements. I walk right on down and I don't pay attention to it one bit. But one day I was in the airport and I heard Tim Pruitt. Did I hear that, Tim Pruitt? Your, your, your party is late that you're picking up. They will, they will come at, at such and such time. You see, all of a sudden, that wasn't just noise. It was my message. It had instructions for me. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, there's many that's walked around and heard the message. Thousands would listen to it around the world. But one day, it called your name. It had special instructions for you because your name was called. That's what this message does for you. It called your name. It gives you instructions. I'm appearing to you. And I'm appearing to you. And I've appeared to you. I'm looking at a bunch of people here who love his appearing. Hallelujah. The 
like Mary Magdalene. He appeared to her. Then he appeared to the eleven. And then he appeared to the road of those on Emmaus. He appeared. Paul said he also appeared to me after his death, burial, and resurrection. And I want to say he appeared to me. And my life has never been the same because he appeared. It had an effect on my dust. And it prepared my body to receive a theophany that I bypassed. It put a deposit there that that theophany's coming to. You can visualize it any way you want to, but I visualize my theophany being that's the word thought of me still being a part of him and one day when he speaks, it'll materialize right before us. When he calls my name. Don't pay any attention to these people say, well, the theophany was here and I shook hands with it. That's a bunch of phooey. Psychology. Pretending. Amen. Don't, don't think of that. When that theophany comes, you're going to be changed. I may not know all the mechanics of it, but I know about the dynamics of it. Because that day that I recognized the word of God was eagle food, I heard from the word God spoke of me, my theophany, that part I was to play, and I was called and ordained for this hour. Oh. You got a little 16 elements in you, a little moisture, a little petroleum, a little potash, a little calcium, some cosmic light, and that's about what you are twisted up together, and there you go, dirt of Louisiana. That's all you are. I'm reading a quote, actually. Dirt of Louisiana. That's all you are. But remember, something made you this, and the very one that made you this come to live in you that he might make you something different. <laughs> oh my. Oh, how we can look upon that. Oh, we ought to look upon that. Remember, he promised it through this little clod of dirt that though this little clod of dirt go back into the, this little clod that's walking around with life in it, when life leaves, it goes right back to dust again. But what did he say in his word? I'll raise it up in the last days. Amen, I'll raise it up. He promised it. And after the body has perished, even after even the dust is broke out and it goes back to the gases of the earth, as I said the other night, you can't annihilate nothing. Man can't. There's no annihilation. Man cannot annihilate anything. It's only God can do it. And remember, he will, though it be a spoonful of ashes, he will say, I'll raise it up again at the last day. That dirt will have to obey his commandment because he created it. And if the winds and the wave obey him, so does the dirt obey him. Wake up, he is with us. And all obeys him. Even your body's gonna obey him. Hallelujah. You know, you had that germ of eternal life that appearing came to you and quickened something down on the inside of you. And your old mortal body was laying in bed this morning and there was something like, get up. Go to church. 
Get up. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember when it got a hold of you and drug you down to an altar? Amen. You remember when he, when he saved your soul and he glorified that soul of yours? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You remember when that heavenly kiss came and that embrace and you was made one with him and became his bride? Yeah. Hallelujah. What was that? God was making your dust obey him. Do you know the Holy Spirit in you can discipline your mind that's thinking on all kinds of things and pull those thoughts down and make it obey the word of God? And the devil says, you're lost. And I say, Jesus said, I'm saved. The devil said, you can't make it. I say, I already have. Amen. The devil says the weapons that I've got is going to overtake you. And I say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is my inheritance. Thus your body has to obey your confession of God's word. That's why we can say, Satan, take your hands off of God's property. You see, at his appearing to Abraham... He is king Theophany, created a body for himself. Two angels stepped in it. Why did he do it this way? You see, redemption by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ had not yet come. So, you see, so he could not come in physical bodies. I want to get this if I don't get much more. But you see, when he came, when he came in Abraham's day, the blood of Christ had not been shed so the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. So God could, come, could not come and live in human flesh. It wasn't redeemed. So he couldn't, come, he couldn't come any other way. So he created himself a body. Understand? He came and created bodies. But now, I want you to get it, in this appearing... He still comes in bodies. And I mean physical bodies. But not created bodies gathered from dust. And now the one with nail-scarred hands come walking down our aisles and walking down. No, he can't do that. The word binds him from coming until the meeting in the air. I want, you to, I want you to understand. The word itself binds him from coming. I can just stop just for a minute and just talk about that binding. Stop just for a minute. Remember when they were about, uh, they were about to break his bones on the cross. Amen. And here they were right there. And they, they beat the legs of one, beat the legs of the other, and walked up to beat his legs. And all of a sudden, something stopped him. The soldier got stopped. There was a word in the way that said not one bone of his body would be broken. So he took a spear and he speared his side because there was a word for that. But there was a word that said no bone of his could be broken. Come on, somebody. Help me preach now. Amen. The same thing is true right here. Jesus cannot come 
back in the body of Jesus Christ and walk our aisles. But he can come. But he comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. But he also comes in that form in bodies. Fleshly bodies. Human bodies. Redeemed bodies. You see, what he couldn't do back in Abraham, he can do now. Amen. Are you with me? God can come right down into the body of his bride. Now, you individually cannot receive him in the fullness of the Godhead bodily, but his bride body around the world receives him in the fullness of the Godhead bodily in bride form. God come and walk in the earth in redeemed flesh. (laughs) Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want you to realize what dwells within you this morning is deity because he has come to appear in your flesh, to tabernacle your body, to perform his signs, to bring his word. He's using my body right now to prophesy through to preach the word of God through. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. See, standing in the pulpit, prophesying to you, anointing me with words to say for your edification, to build up his body, to instruct the bride wherever you are today. There's something for you. But it's not a one-man ministry. And it's not the fullness in one man. You know, years ago, they had a little doctor and went around, came out of Jeffersonville, you can figure. The fullness of the pillar of fire dwelt in Brother Branham. That's a lie. It never dwelt in Brother Branham, not the fullness. He had a lick of fire just like all of us. Amen. He had the same Holy Ghost that you have, not a different Holy Ghost. The fullness of God never dwelt in Brother Branham. That's a deity spirit. And the deity spirit wants you to deify Brother Branham and not recognize your position. And realize that God's in you. Listen, you see, now he uses redeemed people to appear in. So where is God appearing? He's appearing in his people. He's appearing in his church, the bride. That's where he's appearing. Now, the appearing is not his coming. 1962, Brother Branham hit a vein of thought. You know, he said the appearing is not the coming. He would go over and over this thing. He said there are two different words. Well, there's actually in the Bible where that some of the times he says appearing and the Bible does refer to his coming. But he's trying to make a point here that there is a difference between the physical return of the Lord and him being in that man called Jesus and is appearing in the form of the Holy Ghost in the church. And he says there are two different things. And notice he he says, um, the appearing is not his coming. He will come, for he will come in a corporal body. And that's gonna be the capstone of all his appearing. It It will materialize in the coming of the theophanies, all of them, and the meeting in the air where we will meet a literal Lord Jesus. Remember, remember this. No matter what, how we preach about his coming and his appearing, remember we still look for the blessed hope 
of his glorious appearing where we're going to meet him in the air. Is that right? And Brother Branham would say to that, there is a heaven and there is a literal Jesus Christ there that will come in a body form to receive his church himself. And no matter how old the story seems, it's still the truth. God said so. That's what believers believe. How many are believers? Well, then if we are believers, then we will believe there is a literal Lord Jesus Christ there in the heavens that will come in a body form to receive his church to himself. No matter how old the story is, it's still the truth. You think that story is old, the one we're reading about Abraham is 2,000 years older. Ah, brother Tim, I don't believe that Pentecostal pack of lies. Do you realize preachers have said that? I don't believe in that Pentecostal pack of lies. Why, Why would we dare ever refer to the coming of the Lord Jesus the meeting in the air is a Pentecostal pack of lies. It's not a Pentecostal pack of lies. It's the truth. As Brother Branham said, a born-again man or woman is just as sure of the coming of the Lord Jesus. They're just as sure they got the Holy Ghost as there is a Holy Ghost to be given. He says in the message, Shalom, what care, what do I care about what this year brings? Or why do I care about next year? Why do I care whether I live or die? Today, I live today or die today. Every word that he promised will be vindicated, everyone. If he's able to do it today after promising 2,000 years ago, if it's 100,000 years today, Jesus will return to the earth in a visible body for a church, a redeemed the bride and take her out of here regardless of what people goes, fashions, say it, go on, and people wait on in total darkness and believe anything they want to, but Jesus Christ will return again. Amen. So there he is, a returning, which is his coming. But right now we are in his appearing. He is appearing among us. What's now, again, going beyond the camp? He says this, oh, how thankful we are for all of God's great blessings. And may it continue to be with us until that last trumpet blows. And you know, we'll be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Think of it, missing people. They can't see you no more, but you're getting together with the rest of them. Hallelujah. Amen. Missing people, they can't see you no more, but you're getting together with the rest of them. Once you're glorified, the world will never see you again. The world won't see the sainted dead, but you'll see them. And when you see them, you'll be changed to be like them, and then they won't see you anymore. But you know, I wonder sometimes, and this is just me, and pardon me for being human and, 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 and having thoughts, but this is my thinking. But you know, I, I wonder sometimes if the church, since their name's in the book of life, Lamb's book of life, is that right? Well, listen, when he opened the, the seals, what did he find? He found a people, a multitude without number, between the sixth and the seventh seal. So they're in the book of the Lamb's book of life. When the Lamb's book was open, he saw them there. All right, so here they are. These are ones that are redeemed. And they are redeemed. They're blood-washed people that were saved this side of the tribulation. 
But let's just say, let's just say that, that some of them blood-washed people are your loved ones. <clears throat> let's just say that maybe they, through your fault or mine, they never saw the message. That's what Brother Brandon said. This is why they're foolish virgins through your fault or mine. They didn't see the message or in some way were blinded by false prophets. And I'm just going to tell you, if you don't see the message in this church, it's because you've listened to false prophets. You're listening to other voices. But let's just say that some of your friends, some of the people, you know, good Christian people that have tried to live right, tried to do right, and... and and they didn't live the fullness of this message. And they, they, they didn't live the fullness of the Bible, I meant to say. They didn't see the message. They didn't understand why God sent a prophet. They wasn't a part of the bride elect, but they're part of the church. They're good people, sanctified people, had professed Christ as Savior. And I just say that they're there and right now they don't have the strength and what is needed to live an overcoming life as required of the bride of Christ. Why, how are they going to be able to give their life? How are they going to say, oh, we missed it? How are they even going to know they missed it? Amen. I, and, I, and this is where I come in with my own thinking, and pardon me for, for just talking to you as a church. But what, what if it was that, amen, that moment of your changed, and you travel like a thought, and you walk up to your son or daughter's house. Maybe you don't knock on the door. You just appear where she's cooking, your daughter's cooking, and all of a sudden you're there, and you say, Darren, everything I told you is true. The rapture is on, and she sees you, a young person, and in that moment, you disappear. Don't you know? Don't you know when they can't find you and you've come up missing, and they saw you like they did, as Brother Branham described? Come on. When they, when they come and appear to many, Hey Amen, what if it's your young grandma, hey man, who's young now, appears to them and say, grandchildren, you didn't, you didn't hear it all, but I'm here to tell you, rapture is on, it's rapture day, and you missed it. Don't you think they would have something within them to give their life? Amen, amen, we missed it, we missed it. The message is true, the rapture is taking place. But oh God, amen, oh, I have received Christ. I've asked him as my savior. It's too late now. It's too late now. He that is filthy is filthy still. There's no repentance. This is only for those who are living in a repentant state. That's why that it's important for you to get everybody that's around you, all your love, at least get them to the place they receive Christ as their savior. Amen, because after the bride is gone, there will not be another Gentile saved. And they won't be saved after the tribulation. They're saved now. And then they go into tribulation because they were foolish. They didn't have the Holy Ghost, the oil in their vessels with their lamps. 
food for thought anyway. I ain't got it figured out. And I want you to take what I just said, figured it out. I'm just saying, friends, God's got a lot more grace than what you ever imagined. And the story isn't closed yet, and it isn't, the final pages isn't written. And there's little things that are going to happen at that translating time that you never thought possible. And Brother Branham said, we'll see our loved ones, and in a month or so, we'll be gone. I wonder what we'll be doing in that month or so. Listen, friends, the coming of the Lord is the, the most blessed hope of all believers. And we must not allow Satan to minimize God's corporal return. But then at the same time, we must recognize his appearing. We, we have a church world right now who are giving lip service to his corporal coming. Amen. But right now, he is appearing. He's appearing in bride form with signs and wonders. Amen. With fivefold gifts of this ministry, with helps and tongues and interpretation and prophecy and working of miracles and faith and word of knowledge and wisdom. Many don't recognize him because they don't believe he's alive. They have no expectation. They have no expectation of, they have no expectation of, of him coming in this evil day and him appearing. Have no expectation of a resurrected Christ, of a living God. They're, they're there in the heat of the day, laid back in the tents. Hoping America will change. Hoping their their vote will make things better. But the bride of Christ is there in the door of the tent and are watching for the appearing of the supernatural. Are you with me? Amen. And I want you to understand, you must recognize him in the form that he's appearing in. Remember, Brother Branham said two words before I leave you. Remember these two words before I leave you. The appearing of Christ, the coming of Christ is two different things. Christ is appearing in the fullness of his power. Watch how he's appearing in the fullness of his power. Amen. His coming will be afterwards. His appearing before his coming. So now he is a coming in the fullness of his power. Now watch, I want, to, I want to capitalize on this quotation. It comes from the sermon from that time, from Spokane, Washington, 1962, July the 13th. I'll write about this time, today's 17th. Civilization, civilization has come from the east, followed the sun west. Is that right? Is that the west coast now? It may, if it makes another move, it's back east again. I'd like to preach on that. When east and west meets. Notice the S-U-N dawns in the east, travels across the horizon, sets in the west. The same sun that rises in the east sets in the west. Is that right? Now, he's trying to use an illustration here. He's telling you it's the same sun that was in the east. It's the same sun at the the close of the day. 
The same Jesus Christ that was back 2,000 years ago is the same S-O-N here today. So he said, now the prophet said there will be a day that will be day called day or night. It's a dismal day, a foggy day, but we've had a day of that. And man is known enough to join church, accept Christ as Savior, go join a denomination. That's about as much light as he had. But remember, it's evening time now. Civilizations on the West Coast and the same S-O-N that shone in the East at the beginning is now shining in the West at the end. Remember... What's it do? It closes there, night falls on the Gentiles, and light dawns on the east. Hallelujah. Amen. You realize even what is happening even in Japan, you know, the light of the rising sun. Amen. What are they seeing? Light is dawning, but it's not stopping at Japan. It's moving right on over to Israel as the gospel goes back to the Jews. Amen. So the, actually, when you realize it, it'll be the, 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 the they're, they're receiving their the, 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 the evening time light. Christ coming out, perfecting his church. How many knows there's a difference between the appearing of Christ and the coming of Christ? It's two different words. Now, the, now is the appearing. The coming will soon be. He's appearing in the midst of us doing the works that he once did in his church. Notice his appearing is not just a doctrine. It is not made as studious with horn-rimmed glasses and a nerd out of us, a message nerd. It is what the works of Jesus Christ that he once did in his church in the end time. And you're a part of that church. By grace, you believe it. I'm a member of that church. Now he says, I'm not a preacher. You know I'm not. I've not had the education to do it. Sometimes I feel reluctant standing here by men of God who's called to that office. There are apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. Not all are apostles, not all are prophets, not all are teachers, not all are evangelists. I'm standing here and watch now. He says, but my ministry is different from a pastor or a teacher. I'm not. And if I say things wrong, brethren, forgive me, I don't mean it. But this is my ministry. See, to declare him that he's here. Amen. And it's true. God used Brother Branham singularly to declare to us with a prophetic gift that he is here. Not present in the corporal coming, but in his appearing. Amen. And there is a difference in his appearing and his coming. In his appearing, he is present in spirit form to impart revelation. His coming is in the physical corporal body, coming to resurrect the saints and take it as a rapture in the meeting in the air. So this is... In the, in the true sense of the word, is not his coming, it's his appearing. And Brother, Man, Brother Branham's ministry declared that Christ is here, but he said it's here in the form of the Holy Ghost and can heal any sickness. You see, we had to start believing that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Amen. For if we can't believe for divine healing, how are we going to believe for the change of our body? But every man who God has appeared to is called to pray for the sick. 
If you appear to a little housewife and you're a believer, you can lay hands on your sick child and they shall recover. I'm trying to make a point here. Amen. His ministry declared that he can save the vilest sinner. Take Rosella, a girl that was, you know, a prostitute on drugs and alcohol and just an absolute reject of society completely. And then one moment in the presence of God was transformed by the power of God. He can save the vilest sinner. But every minister is called to preach so that even the vilest sinner can be saved. And Romans 10, 13 said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they be sent? You see, if God ain't calling you and God ain't ordained you, you're spinning your wheels. That's right. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, we got souls saved. Well, I'll tell you what. We, you know, and, and yet I, I'm, let me tell you, women preachers have preached and souls got saved. Really? Really? But how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sin of God? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring tidings of good things. Amen. Now, but I want to tell you about this prophet. The prophet's ministry went beyond that of the fivefold ministry. Though he was, though because he was the prophet messenger to the age to bring out the mysteries of the word of God. And to do this, God gave Brother Branham a signed gift to demonstrate to to us that the word was present. Now, when Abraham saw him, he saw him in a visible form. But the way he's going to show himself in the last day is in his bride people. And they look like just another human being. Like Sarah thought. Just some men that happened by my husband's door that I got a fix for today. Now, Brother Branham illustrates this in the sermon, Is There Anything Too Hard for the Lord? Said Sarah was in a bad mood. We'll get her mood a little later, but maybe not in this service today. But there's a lot of churches in a bad mood. They don't give up on the promise sitting there cold and backslidden in the back of their tent. That's a whole nother sermon. Amen. Amen. Refusing without an expectation, not seeing the awakening. But there's another part of Abraham's seed that is saying, look here, there's an appearing among us. There he is. He's appearing among us with signs, with wonder, with healings, with deliverance. Hallelujah. But God gave Brother Branham a signed gift to demonstrate the word was present. That God had come in his pillar of fire and the one that wrote the word was there to interpret the word. 
And so he said, I do not deny that there will be prophets even as in the days of Paul where there was one Agabus, a prophet who prophesied of a famine. I agree that is so, but I deny upon the infallible evidence of the word that there is more than one major prophet messenger who will reveal the mysteries as contained in the word. Sorry, Joseph followers, your prophet won't cut it. Sorry, Joseph Coleman followers, your, your apostle won't cut it. Sorry, Levale followers, your teacher won't cut it. There is one prophet messenger. Sorry if you think I'm the Joshua. Sorry if you think I'm the next personality. Sorry, it won't cut it. There is one prophet messenger who will reveal the seven, the the mysteries as contained in the word and who has the ministry to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Thus saith the Lord by his unfailing word stands and shall stand and be vindicated. There is one prophet messenger to the age. Amen. So therefore he had a ministry. To him alone was given the sign gift. To demonstrate the word was now being revealed. The mysteries were being revealed through the seventh angel's message. Hebrews 4.12. Turn with me. Let's look at the scripture one more time. For the word of God is alive. Did I read that right? The word of God is alive. That's what quick means not a dead word, it's a living word. And it is powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing of soul, sunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the mar, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of heart. You see what the, the, the sign gift of Brother Branham, it showed us that the word, the theophany of God was now present using a son of man, it was the son of man, using a son of man, a prophet, as a voice to identify the unrecognized presence of God. Because if Abraham hadn't been looking and expecting Sarah in the tent, would have never seen it. It had passed her by. But God had eyes looking for the appearing. And the door of the tent. He was watching for the moving of the Holy Ghost. And he said, I saw seven angels come from glory. See, are you with me? Amen. Now, theophany don't just mean bodies or, 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 or saintly bodies. Theophany means a, a, a manifestation of God. I saw manifestations of the Spirit of God. There were seven manifestations. And every night, one of them came and opened up seven seals to me. And they were all the seven spirits of one God. God manifesting himself, unfolding himself bringing to us the mysteries of God in the end time. This ain't over your head. You know this. So I want you to see verse 13. Let's look at this next verse. Neither is there 
any creature that is not manifest in his sight. So standing on the platform, I see a dog. Well, it happened 40 years ago when you were a young girl. And it scared you. And I saw you run up on the porch and someone opened the door and you ran in. But you see, that fear that you had started right there. Now that person wasn't devil possessed. That person was tormented by a devil. By happening in their past. Things that your parents can try to put on you or your grandparents can haunt your life and try to form you. You're not devil possessed. You're devil oppressed. You gotta recognize this is not me. This is not who I am. That was the voice of Satan trying to say this is what I would be, but I'm not that. I am a child of the most high God. And I'll break the cycle of sin and failure. Amen. Amen. And I don't care if there's been a whole line of sex problems all through my family for generations. I am here to break that cycle. Because he appeared to me. And with his appearing, it changed me. You see, you've got to realize, friend, like Brother Branham did. He said, one day I realized I was not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. I was the son of God. I was a predestinated seed before the foundation of the world. Step off your human line. Step off of their failures. Well, there's been passion. There's been a temper. There's been this problem. Step off of that. You've been born again, and because I'm born again, ain't none of that in my past. Amen. In my past, hallelujah, is a David, a David, an Abraham, an Isaac, a Jacob. In my past is a Peter, a James, and a John. In my past is a source that I come from, Jesus. And I can break the pattern of failure and the pattern of sin. Well, my mom and dad divorced. Well, that might have been your mom and dad, but this new one that you got with this new parent, you can identify. Hallelujah, I'm not a child of divorced parents. I am a child of the almighty God. I'm not an illegitimate, I'm not a bastard, I'm not a cast off. I'm a child of the almighty God. Oh, hallelujah, that's who I am. Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So this God who could go back 40 years could go to the back part of God's mind and say, I see you there. Your names were there in the book of life before the foundation of the world. You were gods before the devil ever got to you. But because of sin, you came down and he defiled your body. But I tell you, God's not going to annihilate it. He's even going to change every part of your mortal body. Hallelujah. 
And if he's going to change it, there did Katie take hold of it now and drive cancer out of you and diabetes out of you and sickness and disease and temper and hatred and bitterness. As a Pruitt, I had to break a cycle. I'm going to say something very personal now. I can remember my mom and dad coming home from seeing their, their siblings driving back home. You know, they were all Pentecostals. Some of them become oneness, some of them become Trinity. Family divided over doctrine. Some of them got worldly. Some of them bobbed their hair and painted their face. Some of them didn't. Here they were. Now, they all claim to have the Holy Ghost. They all claim to have Pentecostal experience. But now, they let a little bitterness come in. And always coming home from Tyler, Texas. Adel did this, and Tiny does this. You know, this and does that. And they talked about their, 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 my dad's siblings and what was going on in the family and how bad it was and, you know, the bickering and the fussing and the fighting over religion. You know what happens when you start doing that in a family? Nobody wants it. Your kids don't want it. Instead of loving one another, it was always downing one another. And I sat there and I was a little boy in the car riding in the back of an old Dodge across their station wagon. We rode in both of them. 59, we had a Dodge. In 64, 65, we had a Chrysler. We had this old, this, this old, these old station wagons and back there in the back seat here, my mom and dad talked. And I put my arms around my brothers and I loved them to myself. And I say, oh God, don't never let this happen in our family. Then we come down the road and we can believe in the same prophet. Same message. Share the same truths. Believe in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Believe in one God. Believe in God sent a prophet. And can't worship under the same roof. Can't even come to special meetings. Amen. And what is it in this family? Back and forth. And some of you, some of you will bring it right on down. And I'm talking about my family right now. Right down, right down in your own family and what's happening among your siblings. And the in-laws is fussing and fighting and biting and devouring one another. That's, what not, that's not what the message is about. It never was to produce that. It was to produce Christ. Amen. To produce Christ. But what's it produced? Bitterness, fussing, fighting, arguments, debates, backbitings, finding fault. Can't trust the ministry. Can't believe Brother Tim's really called. Can't believe he's really the pastor. Can't really believe. No, uh, it happens. You say, Brother Tim, you're putting out some dirty laundry. Brother Branham did all the time. I never intended to do this, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bunch of pruits, you gotta, you've got to break the cycle. And I'm telling the rest of you, no matter who you are, there's no perfect family other than God's family. But I'm telling you, break the cycle of sin and failure. 
You can break it, whether it's passion, whether it's temper, whether it's hatred, no matter what it is, you can break it! So the word is discerned. Going back in the hidden things of the soul. Could go back 40 years in a person's life. Or it could go back and reveal things that are in the back part of God's mind. Or bring out the hidden treasures of the scripture. It would even go back to John's experience on the Isle of Patmos. And hear the seven thunders under their voices. And this time, tell us what they said because it was now time for them to be made known. What was it? You see, it was God, God declaring to us the presence of God so that we would know God is with us and the promised Son, Jesus Christ, will soon come, not just appear, but come for his bright church. You see, in his appearing... He doesn't come in the flesh of Jesus. And he doesn't come in just one man. He didn't just come in Brother Branham. And he just doesn't come in in your personality cult leader. Or he didn't just come in Tim Pruitt. He comes in my flesh and your flesh. It's his spirit and it's an anointing. 1 John 2.27 but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. So it is an anointing that you've received. In Revelation 10, it shows the mighty angel. Revelation 10, 1. It's, a, it's an anointing. This is not a corporal coming. Amen. It is the appearing of Christ. Amen. As he comes down preparing for a bride to be raptured. So you see, there's a portion of the word that is laid for every age. I quote Brother Branham here. And there is some anointing comes down that projects that portion of the word for that age. So it's not, it is not the person of Christ, the physical return. It is the anointing. And when that anointing comes, it breaks the yoke. It'll break the yoke of denomination, tradition, family traits, everything. It will break it. Amen. An anointing comes down for the purpose of revealing Christ. Now, there is darkness in the age. And that purpose is to cause such confusion that people don't recognize the ministry of Christ in the messenger. So there's many going right by, and they've passed right by many, and they're charismatic, they're full gospel, full gospel businessmen, the Pentecostals, the Assembly of God. They got so caught up in the darkness of the age that they could not recognize the ministry of Christ in the messenger. And then, if they do see, if they do see that darkness... That devil will try to make him think that it's all in Brother Branham. Our hope of glory and rapture is not seeing Christ in Brother Branham. It's seeing Christ is recognizing Christ in you. 
That's your hope of rapture glory. Someone asked Brother Branham the question, and I'll just close with this if I can. But he said, some say Brother Branham is the son of man. I thought the pillar of fire was the son of man. Am I mistaken? Now, I'm, I'm going to quickly just kind of catch the highlights of this and paraphrase it. I'm not the son of man, but a son of man. The son of man is Jesus Christ. A son of man is a prophet. There is quite a difference. Jesus Christ was the son of man, the son of God, the son of man, the son of David. And now the reason that question is probably I was asked uh, this person or been said because people regard me as a seer. And then he says, I am not the anointed son of man. So now when we're looking here, Brother Branham's not the anointed son of man. When we look at the appearing, this prophecy is not saying it's all in Brother Branham. The pillar of fire, he said, is the anointing. It is the logos that went out of God, the logos which is actually the attribute of the fullness of God. And when God came to a form where it could be seen, it was the anointing of the great spirit that went forth. It is condescending, coming down, God the Father, the logos that was up over Israel. He was holy. He could not stand to see sin. And then there had to be a blood offering in Eden. And then the logos became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that was in Jesus. And where this logos dwelt in a human body which was the sacrifice. God came down in the image of man to redeem man. And that brought man and God together. Heavens and earth hugged and kissed each other. God and man embraced each other as fatherhood and sonship when the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus said, I come from God, I go to God. Is that right? After his death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension, the body was taken up and set at the right hand of God. Now, I don't mean God's got a right hand. God is a spirit. But at the right hand means in power and authority of God. That in, the, in that name, everything in heaven is named after and subject to it. Everything on earth is named after and subject to it. It's a name above all names, Jesus Christ. Now this Logos that was in him, which was the Spirit of God, the anointing, through the sanctifying grace of the blood, brought many sons to God, which is anointed with the same Logos. So yeah, again, I want you to get it. You know, Brother Branham was anointed, but you are anointed. His office made him a prophet, a messenger of the age. You know, you'll never be that, but you are a believer. Amen. If you're a woman, you'll never be a preacher. You're not gifted to preach. Stay off of Facebook and quit preaching there. Quit blasting out on Instagram and all the other stuff. You have no business trying to straighten people out and handling the word of God. Stop it. I'm going to just tell you, you don't see me on there doing it, do you? And I'm called of God. Amen. Because I'm not casting pearls to the swine and I'm not putting our dirty laundry of the message out for everybody to read. And I'm not getting on there to debate with this and that one. And neither should you. The message is not debatable. I believe it. That settles it. God does not argue. Neither does his children. So shut up and start facing this book. Amen. 
you don't like it, lump it. Say, that's the Pruitt coming out of you. It's the Holy Ghost Pruitt coming out of you. (laughs) Hebrews 2.10 said he's bringing many sons to glory. Say many. Many. Not just one, many. You see, the message is not about Brother Branham. He's only part of the story. He's an important part of the story. Amen. A very integral part. But that's not what it's about. It's about a bride. And he happened to be a part of that bride. And we, the bride, have received the message. And it wasn't Brother Brandon's message. It was God's message to his bride. He happened to be the messenger. But he was also one of us who received the message. It was applicable to him and his family as it is to us. Holiness is not for just the rest of us. It's for the Branham family too. Amen. Pastors is not just for us. It's for the Branham family too. Preaching is not just for for us. It's for the Branham family too. Exactly right. Even, even tapes, the message left, left behind is not Brother Branham's intellectual property. It was God's word through a prophet. So it's my message. So don't get mad at me when I quote my messenger. Because it's a message of God to the Laodiceans. Whom we happen to be a part of this age. We're the bride elect part, but nevertheless we're the part. Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I like this. When I was just a boy preacher, I read it there in the original Greek. And it said, for as many as he knew before, them he also marked out to be copies of himself. God selected you to be a copy of him. In his image, in his likeness. Not a cheap reproduction, but a copy by the rebirth. Amen. What was it? It was a replicating of his gene. For we was his gene that he had in his mind before the world began. And it was in us when we were born, but came alive when we were born again. Quickened. You see, that he might be, help me read this, the firstborn among Many brethren. So you see, again, again, it's about many. Now, the day of Pentecost, the Logos, the pillar of fire broke apart. And tongues of fire set upon each of them. An elected, selected group identified by the pillar of fire showing that God had separated himself into man. Did you get it? The God, the Logos, separated himself into men. God, not in one person. He's in his church universal. And that's the reason he said the works that I do shall you do more. Now, I know King James says greater, but right, the right translation said more than this shall you do. God was bottled and confined in one man, Jesus Christ. But now, Brother L, say now. now. Amen. Now. He, right now, God is here 
embattled and confined in the whole universal church of the living God. Amen. He's in Africa. Amen. You groups in Africa listening this morning, you done had your church. Amen. You're listening in. Brother Kalen let me know he, his church was listening and at least his family in South Africa. He's in South Africa. He's in Asia. He's in Europe. He's in England. Wherever believers are gathered together, there he is in the midst of them. Amen. Can I say he's the same God in Texas or North Carolina? Amen. Or Oklahoma. Amen. You see, wherever believers are gathered together, there he is in the midst of them. You see, you don't have to belong to Evening Light Tabernacle. You don't have to come here. He's appearing all over the world. Amen. You just got to recognize his appearing. You got to welcome his appearing. You see, it's the same logos that led Moses and the children of Israel. The logos that was on Jesus, he come back from the physical form of his corporal body back to pillar of fire and has now descended on earth and has come down for an investigating judgment. So it's a separating time. It's a handing, the opening of the book to Abraham's seed. It's revealing the mystery of redemption. The change. The promised son. This is all happening in this appearing. Amen. Sarah's going to have a child. Amen. About this time of life, he gives the promise of the the promise of the coming son. You know, the the salvation of loss, of Lot, Lot, who represents the church, who goes into tribulation. All of this lays in this end time of appearing. And God has identified that he is. He is present in the form of the pillar of fire, the Logos. As we said, the picture was taken, and it was not psychology. It was not imagination. It was actually there. So what's the works of it? The same spirit that was upon him has come up through the body again to bring us back to headship again. Amen. Amen. And the the last part of this is where God is taking and gathering the last stones. Somebody hear me preach. The last stones to go in the building are now being added and shaped. Amen. To fit the capstone so the same ministry that he had 2,000 years ago is the same ministry that he has at the end time where that the head and the body can unite together in such harmony that the two are one. I am not he. I'm his servant. The pillar of fire is not he. You see, it was not the flesh of the man Jesus, but it's his spirit, the Holy Ghost. It's Christ and spirit form, the same spirit that was upon the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, has now come to anoint sons of men. To bring back a ministry like he said it would be in order for the head and the rest of the body to be there. So he cannot come until a church of body believers and the ministry he once had will have to be the same as it was then. 
If it had tongues in it then, it has to have tongues in it now. If it had prophecy then, it has to have prophecy now. If it had divine healing then, it has to have divine healing now. The same ministry, the same Christ, the same Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's stand together. We must have this ministry to raise up the Lutherans, Wesley, and all of them down to the ages. Them that are in the dust cannot come forth until the fullness is manifested in bride form. Let him appear to you this morning. Welcome his appearing. Welcome him to your life. Welcome him to your heart. Let him change you in his presence. Will you bow your head just for a moment? You say, Brother Tim, I've had lots of different appearings, but I need an appearing to me today. I, I need an appearing of the Holy Ghost to take me up a little higher than what I've been, to give me overcoming power over things, to break the cycles of, of failures and sins, to help me in my life and my journey, to encourage me in my walk. Lord, I need you. I need you. Lord, I need you right now. I want all of my life in your keeping. Play that song for me. Lord, I need you right now. Amen. I want you, Jesus. Why don't you just ask him and say, Lord, appear to me. Let me see your appearing. Come appear in my flesh. Let me deal with this bitterness. Let me just give it to you. Let me deal with this unforgiveness. Let me just give it to you. This bickering, this bitterness. This old hateful spirit in there that yeah-yeahs back and forth between families. Why don't you get rid of it right now? Get rid of it. Welcome his appearing. Let him come to your pew. Let him change you. Oh, no, it ain't just Pruitts that need to break cycles. It's many of you that need to break cycles. You ought to be able to say, it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord. Come up here to me. Like Paul said, he's appeared to me also. He's on that Emmaus walk. He wants to step right out. Maybe you're like Sarah. You, you wasn't expected him here this morning, but he's here. He's not too busy to hear your hearts cry. Why don't you invite him to your pew? Say, appear to me, Lord. Appear to me. No, not the corporal body, not walking down the aisles with nail scars, not the physical return, but appear to me, Lord, and change me in your presence. Do what you did to Sarah, tear my unbelief to faith. Take the old doubting spirit out of me. Take sin and unbelief. That doubting spirit says that you'll never make it. It ain't for you. You've crossed the line. Don't listen to that devil. He's lying to you. Turn him down. You don't have to say, I rebuke you, I rebuke you. Say, just turn him down. Turn the deaf ear to him. Go to hearing the voice of God. I found you in the wilderness when you were naked and I covered you. I raised you up from there when you were nothing and a nobody. 
And I'm here to take it to higher than what you've been. I'm here to put a joy in your heart, a peace like a river, an understanding with God where I know Him. Where I shall know Him, I'll know Him. And redeemed by His blood, I'll stand. Just let Him cleanse your heart today. Let Him just wash you and purge you. Take your old nature away and put in your new nature. Break the cycle of sin and failure. Maybe you're up in age and age has got you down. You become an old crabbit in your spirit. Aches and pains come along to where you get crabbit and you just can't get along with no one. And it's just a yah, 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 yah all the time. Don't let Satan crown you with that. Say, Lord, put a real love in my heart, a gentleness, a peace. May it be so, Lord. Maybe, maybe it's not resurrection time that you go visit my loved one, but maybe there could be a visitation today. Yes. Wherever they are, wherever they're lost, you can just visit my son, my daughter, my children, my mother, my daddy. My loved one, that you can visit them, Lord. You can pass by their ways today. They can see you in the power of your resurrection. What about you? Where do you stand today? Why don't you just say, Lord, I need you right now. I need you. We're just... In this, in this appearing, there's going to be one of the greatest moments and hours of communion. We'll entertain the, we'll entertain the, the Almighty God. Lord, let me make room for you right now, Lord. Maybe I can just put aside, laying aside all malice, all envy, all bitterness, all hatred, all ill will. Have a forgiven spirit and just say, Lord, forgive that person. They've hurt me. They've hurt me bitterly but I, and, and wounded me deep, but forgive, forgive them, Lord. I don't want to hold it against them. Let me right now from my heart forgive them to the point I can put my arms around them. I can love. I don't want to pass this on to my kids. I don't pass this on to the next generation. I don't want to pass these wicked ways there, Lord. You're appearing among us. Change me. Change me in your presence, Lord. Let the reality of God be mine. Let there be real awakening on the inside in this appearing. Lord, I need you right now. Well, if he's appearing now, we need him now. Oh, I need you right now. I want all of my life in your keeping somehow. Amen.
But I'll play more close to him He will give me life 